Welcome back to the Modern Tire Dealer Show. I'm Joy Kepchuk, Managing Editor, Modern Tire Dealer. And today I'm excited to welcome John Healy back onto the show. John is an industry analyst with North Coast Research who studies all corners of the tire industry. Today, he's here so we can talk a little bit about what he's expecting to see in 2024. He's also gonna break down all those changes happening at Goodyear Tire and Rubber Company. So buckle your seatbelt and let's jump in. Well, John, thanks so much for joining us again on the Modern Tire Dealer Show. Uh, thanks for coming back onto the podcast today. Well, thanks for having me. Always great to talk about the industry um, with all of you and really excited about the new year ahead of us. Yeah, yeah. Well, it seems like we'll, um, we're, we're off to a fast start in 2024. So I think we'll have lots to talk about today and, and in many days days to come and pages to come in the magazine as well. So um, I, I guess, if, you know, if we're looking at this kind of from the beginning of the year angle, how would you describe the, you know, the current U.S. tire market at this point? Yeah, this is always a big time of year. Um, I always say the end of the year and the beginning of the year kind of really um, sets the tone for what to expect, um, you know, from the month of, of March through, um, you know, through year end. And I don't think this year is any different. Um, we've got a couple of big announcements just from an industry standpoint with what we saw at Goodyear. Um, and we also have what I would say finally in many parts of the United States, finally a consistent period of time with some winter weather. Um, so I think the industry is picking up, looking up a little bit. Um, so I, I, I feel like the start of 2024 feels and seems better than the start of 2023. Hopefully that is something that will continue um, as we get into the month of February. And hopefully it wasn't just a, uh, a brief moment of time that the first three weeks of the year were uh, marred in snow, snow closings, and hopefully good tire sales. Right, right. Yeah. We'll definitely hope it continues for, for our dealers. So, you know, um, as we look forward, it's also, you know, as you mentioned, you know, kind of like the other important time of the year is always a year end. When you look back now at 2023, did, did the year turn out the way that you expected for the tire market or what were there surprises along the way? You know, I think there, I think there are always surprises. Um, I've never felt that the tire industry is one where and has a high degree of predictability from a month-to-month -month basis. You know, if it's a high school football playoff game in a month, or it's a winter storm, or it's the way um, a vacation falls, can really impact the activity for a dealership on a monthly basis in terms of its performance. So when I look at 2023, you know, the things that I would kind of describe the year as, is, you know, probably an okay to maybe slightly less year in terms of consumer replacement demand than we hoped for. Um, I think we saw maybe a, a little bit slower start to the year last year, picked up perhaps a, a touch sequentially and maybe summer months fell off again. And, and I think closed out the year actually pretty decently. Uh, so I think the, the year when we looked at the performance of our um, survey work in terms of dealer performance, I want to say three or four months were positive last year with you know, eight or nine months probably being flat and slightly down. I would have liked to see those two more balanced. Um, but, you know, I think that's the opportunity for 2024. Additionally, when I look at kind of these items through the lens of the manufacturers, I don't think they had quite the year that they hoped for. You know, whether it's commercial dealers or um, consumer dealers, um, 
like commercial truck dealers or, or um, just kind of uh, uh, consumer replacement dealers. We heard about destocking last year. We heard about um, distributors and, and dealers kind of waiting to buy, not buying very expensive inventory and hoping to move it, kind of waiting to see how the business shook out. Um, so I think inventory in the industry are rather lean right now, which is probably um, something that manufacturers are, are, are not um, didn't want to happen. But I think that's the opportunity for 2024. So I think in reality, um, an okay 23 creates an opportunity for a better 24. Yeah, yeah, I definitely agree. And I, I can see your perspective there on the manufacturers, too. You know, we heard that, too, even with the like testimony in the in the tariff case. You know, we heard from the union representatives that of the plants where they work that, you know, there was lots of built tires ready and, you know, sitting in containers and ready to go out of those factories. So so so, yeah, I I, I totally agree with your more optimistic, you know, like it, it spells a good a good picture for 2024. Um, you know, you've already mentioned one of the big things that's, I guess, you know, really it was happening in 2023, but I guess we're really seeing some of the um, the nuts and bolts of it so far, um, even in the first weeks of 2024. And that is the change in the evolution that's happening at Goodyear. Uh, you know, now we have the board has picked and named um, the new CEO, Mark Stewart, who's coming from Stellantis. Um, you know, he signed the contract to replace Rich Kramer. Uh, Kramer's going to stay on through the middle of the year in one of those roles as a, I think, senior advisor to the CEO uh, through the su- through the middle of the summer. Um, but then there have been some other longtime executives um, who have announced retirements. You know, Darren Wells. Um, I think is staying on through the end of February, Steve McClellan through April 1. Obviously, that's a lot of change, a lot of change at the top. What what do you make of of all of this? Um, and uh, you know, I guess specifically of the, of the retirements and, and certainly talk about um, the, the new CEO, Mark Stewart, if you, if you know much about him. For sure. So the changes at Goodyear, while they are significant, I wouldn't call them altogether that surprising from the lens of an invest of the investment community. Um, Elliot got involved with the company, I don't know, maybe May of last year and, and made it public coming and decided that, you know, they felt that the company wanted to that they wanted the company to be thinking some things differently. One of the things that they, you know, have done is um, made the decision to exit some businesses with Goodyear's board. Um, and they've also kind of done some succession planning. Um, I think anytime you have succession planning, you have internal opportunity, internal candidates, and you have external candidates. Frankly, if it's an external candidate, there's probably someone that's, you know, obviously new coming in, this case in the case of Mark. And he's probably, he or she is probably going to bring about, you know, a group of lieutenants and, and folks that work with them that he wants to implement a strategy. Now, when you have a new CEO come in, while the company stays the same, the strategies oftentimes change. Um, I'm not saying that, you know, this is a situation where um, an executive or two at, at Goodyear um, was unhappy because of the, you know, Mark's coming in the CEO. I don't think that was it. I think this is just, just very natural. Um, you have a new CEO, you have new change, you have, um, you know, new people to kind of execute that strategy. And in the case of Goodyear, you had a lot of executives that, you know, they used the word retire. They've spent a long period of their time there. 
And um, I think Goodyear, where they're at, and a lot of probably introspective look was taken by the executive saying, hey, it's, it's maybe time for some new people to try to implement whatever this new strategy is. The buzzwords I hear out of Goodyear is this, you know, Goodyear, Goodyear forward strategy. So, you know, I don't think the name Goodyear is changing. I don't think the headquarters is changing. I don't think the fact that they make tires is changing. But my guess is there's some things underneath the surface that they will either sell a different way or maybe they want to sell to a different type of end market consumer a different way. So in reality, while it's a lot of big press releases, I think a lot of this is very natural. Hmm. Yeah. Well, and you mentioned the uh, magic word there, sell, and that is something that Goodyear is actually hoping to do or that Elliott um, Investment Management has, you know, put on the slate as well. Um, you know, so they're looking right now for for buyers for three, at, le- at least uh, as of the day you and I are speaking, buyers for three different three different business units, you know, that their chemical business, their OTR tire business, and then the uh, Dunlap brand. What what are your thoughts on those as being pieces that are sold? And uh, I guess maybe a, a separate question of, you know, I think there was some thought that, you know, when this was announced that Goodyear was going to be looking for, you know, possible things to sell or some possible savings, you know, some thought maybe the Goodyear retail stores might be an element to sell. So what's your take on what is for sale and what isn't? Yeah, I, I don't think that um, they've been anything but transparent in this process, honestly. Um, you know, originally, the asset that folks speculated on in the investment community that was most likely to be, um, you know, thought about for alternatives was the retail stores. I think they executed that discovery process and they probably realized that the stores are more valuable internally than they were externally. And, and I think they've been pretty transparent that they, it says, you know, at this point, you know, we're, we're not doing anything with the stores where we're going to focus our um, monetization or kind of alternative efforts um, are on those three businesses you talked about, Dunlop, Chemicals, and the OTR business. And I think when you look at each of those businesses, I think they're, they have their own list of strengths and weaknesses. Um, you know, when I look at the Dunlop brand, I think the brand is very valuable. Um, I think the brand is probably more valuable than the profit dollars that are being driven out, out of it. Part of that is because Goodyear has emphasized its own capital, its own resources on the Goodyear brand and the Cooper brand and maybe the Kelly brand. That Dunlop brand has kind of been left a little bit on the sidelines. And, and while it has um, brand awareness and value, I don't necessarily know if dollars were being put, upon, put behind it to drive it. So I think it makes a lot of sense to look at an alternative and a, and a sale for that brand. Um, I think that there would be a lot of interested folks that would look at that Dunlop brand and say, hey, it's got great history and legacy, and um, it might be better than the brand we have today. Um, so, so I think they'll, they'll, they'll go through a process there, and I, I think they'll find an ample amount of interested parties. Um, secondly, on the chemical business, you know, I think the tire, tire business is one of the more complicated businesses I've ever followed. You've got the manufacturing and the engineering and the chemistry of tires. Then you have the, you know, the marketing and sale of tires. And then you have the distribution side of it. And I think over time, um, competition has changed and evolved in a way that it might not make sense to be in all facets of the business. 
And I think that maybe outsourcing chemicals and, and maybe the um, chemistry behind the tire um, might make sense. You know, the engineering they're going to keep internally, but the, the actual build and the sourcing of the, of the raw mats, like that might be a better business outside of the company in terms of returns on capital. And um, I, I think it's a logical decision that they've come to. Um, and then lastly, in OCR, I think it's a good business. Um, it's obviously a boom or bust business sometimes, and it's probably a business where honestly, Goodyear, if they were a little bit bigger in it, might be staying in it. Um, but I do think it's a, it's a business that, um, will attract some interest. So I think the decisions they've made have really come down to, are we a leader in this category? Um, is it financially beneficial for us to be doing things in-house or outsource it? Um, and then also is it something that like we truly have a competitive advantage in? So I, I think that's kind of been the North star that's kind of guided this decision process for the company. And, and honestly, I think they've, they've come out, you know, with, with Rich and um, the Elliott folks and, and, and now Mark joining the company, I think they've come out of this process, what I would say pretty quickly um, with decisions made. And, and now it's going to be about um, seeing those decisions through. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, and with all of that said, obviously, in the tire industry, there's a lot more happening than just Goodyear. There are many more suppliers than just them. Um, you know, I thought they were good. <laughs> you thought we were making it easy on you, just giving you one. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, um, each year as part of uh, Modern Tire Dealers, January issue and the big facts issue that is uh, much beloved in the industry, uh, we, we tap you to kind of put your thinking cap on for there and and we've asked you to this year to you know highlight ten of the world's largest tire manufacturers with you know tidbits you're watching. And I'm wondering if other than Goodyear, if if maybe one or two of those you know kind of stick out to you, or if if you think there are some that are poised to make moves. You know, I think the you know the the group of manufacturers that I hear the most about and buzz about are not always you know, Goodyear, Michelin, Bridgestone, oftentimes it is those manufacturers that I would say um, are on the emerging side of the business. Um, the folks out of, um, you know, Southeast Asia often, um, the folks that are, you know, firmly entrenched in the tier two market, those are the folks I hear the most, what I would say, change about the business uh, when I talk with dealers and distributors. And I don't think that's going to change this year. You know, one of the themes that I think is going to be prevalent in 2024 is um, value. And I think the consumer is, you know, at a point where they are tired. They are tired of paying big dollars for everything. And I think if you're a, a manufacturer in the tire industry and you can find that sweet spot of value um, and brand name recognition, I think you can make a lot of money in this business in 2024 and 2025. And I think those are going to be the manufacturers that do so. I think it's going to be the folks that figure out, hey, how do I get tired to the consumer and get them out of the out of the dealership under a six hundred dollar threshold or something like that for uh, you know four tires going on a vehicle. So I think it's going to be those folks that are going to be the big winners this year. You know, I know a lot of a lot of manufacturers will talk about plans to open a plant. I think they'll talk about. Um, you know, new compounds and new 
um, SKUs. But I think at the end of the day, what's going to make or break 2024 for people is could I get dealers a good product at a good price? I think everything else is going to be background noise. Well, yeah, that's certainly a, a lasting story, right? That no matter like kind of what else is happening in the world, like that always matters, right? So <laughs> both both to dealers, but also to their customers, to the consumers. Um, you know, like, and you just pointed to it that there's just like so many moving pieces and different forces that it can affect, you know, affect the industry, it can affect the life of a tire dealer from day to day. Um, I mean, you know, like, Right now, I mean, we're, you know, we've got wars in Ukraine and in the Middle East, you know, that people, people have lots of historical data and can talk about what, you know, what they think a tire industry does in the years of presidential elections in the U.S., you know, and then just regular issues of supply and demand. What do you think tire dealers should be paying attention to as, as the year moves forward? You know, I think there's two kind of major items that I would focus them on. One, and, and I don't hear quite about it as much as I did it maybe a year or two years ago, our technicians. Um, technicians two years ago were the only thing that dealers told me was a problem in the business. It was, I can't stay open d enough days a week. I had to curtail my hours because I don't have enough workers. And geez, these folks are getting raises every three to six months. It's tough to make money at the business. So those, those are the kind of things that I was hearing frequently um, a year or two ago. I'm not quite hearing it as much today, and um, I think uh, I, I think that is um, that's a good thing. But I don't think that long-term problem with technician shortages is solved. Um, I don't think that you can take your eye off the ball there. I think you have to continuously be recruiting at the trade schools, continuously being of the view to you know, promote within, um, and treat your, treat your techs well. Um, so I think that's going to stay with us. I think the other important thing to do in 24 is to watch the inventories. Um, I would not be surprised this year if some tire manufacturers start to lower some prices in some areas and in an environment where the consumer is value conscious, um, you don't want to be caught with overpriced inventory. So I think a big thing for dealers and distributors this year is to, um, really keep an eye on um, their inventory levels, what manufacturers have made price alignments, and make sure you're buying, you know, after they've cut and not buying when they haven't done anything yet. <laughs> um, so I think in the eyes of a, a dealer, I'd be pretty nimble with how um, I approach sourcing this year. Imagine that it comes down to uh, techs and staffing and inventory. What a shock. What a shock this is to our to our tire dealers, right? Those are the building blocks of a great dealership, or, or, or a great dealer, right? Right, right, right. And and the, and the the dealers who do that well and figure out how to treat their people well and how to manage inventory, those are the dealers that we you know we see succeed. So, so classes in session, everyone. You know, you've still got your still got your work to do to keep <laughs> keep your businesses going in twenty twenty four, but. Awesome. Well, John, thank when you I, so when much. I, first started to learn, oh, <laughs> I was going to give a shout out. When I first started learning yeah. about the tire industry, it was um, under a legend of the tire industry, Saul Ludwig. And one of the things that he uh, used to always say was that people do business with people. And I think that will be the case for tires in 2024. And he would also say, um, keep it simple. And 
those would be the words that I would say to dealers, take care of your tech and make sure you don't get over inventoried with higher price goods, um, before they become lower price goods. So, um, um, if I have anything to say, it's remember what Saul used to say. <laughs> good. Isn't it funny how good advice uh, continues to propel us all forward? <laughs> awesome. 100%. Well, yeah. Well, I appreciate you uh, coming back onto the show again this time, and I'm sure we'll be checking in with you again. And um, we we thank thank you for your help and for your insights and for being part of Modern Tire Dealer. Awesome. You take that out. Thanks again to John for joining me on the Modern Tire Dealer Show. You can keep up with all of the twists and turns he tracks in the industry in his monthly Your Marketplace column, which appears in MTV. In the meantime, make sure you subscribe to the Modern Tire Dealer Show so you never miss an episode.